Hour number two of Spears and Ali, presented by Casino del Sol, the soul of Tucson, Tucson Federal Credit Union, and the Volpe team at Nova Home Loans. 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. What do you make of LeBron James becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history? I mean, we're talking 38,390 points and counting. You know, a lot of people talk about, you know, Kareem had to play four years of college and you know, LeBron came right out of high school to play in the NBA. But what I didn't realize is LeBron did it in many, much less games than Kareem. If you just count how many NBA games. Yeah. Uh, of course, if Kareem had four more years in the NBA, the, he his points would have been way up there. But the amount of time LeBron did it, I mean, I don't want to get into who's the greatest of all time. But if you don't consider LeBron James one of the greatest of all time, and I'm talking about top three as far as basketball players go, yeah, then you just you're just a hater. So what do you make of LeBron James and his big record or his big night last night? Seven one nine fourteen ninety seven one nine one four nine zero is that phone number. Uh, does does this make him the best player of all time? Where where does he stand right now? We're, let's uh play this clip here of Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, during their TNT postgame show, he actually asked LeBron James, does this record make you the greatest player of all time? And this is what they had to say. <laughs> okay. I think uh, to, the, our little audio file is little, having a little malfunction here. Okay. We got the clip all ready to go. Here's what Shaq and LeBron had to say after the big game. <clears throat> I said at the beginning of the show, I wish uh, that I would have had this moment, the chance to pass up Kareem. You now pass up Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I know what my attitude would have been. Does this now make you the greatest player of all time? Are you now the GOAT? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to let everybody else, uh, you know, decide who that is or just talk about it. But it's great It's great barbershop call, uh, talk. You oh, know, for no, me, I, yeah. I want to hear you say listen, it, big Bron, fella, Bron. Listen, big fella. I, I, I want to hear you say it, Bron, Bron. Me personally, it, Bron. I, I, me personally say it you with know, your I'm chest, always, Bron, I'm going to take myself. I'm going to take myself <laughs> against anybody that's ever played this game. Um, you know, but everyone's going to have their favorite. Everyone's going to. You know, decide who they who, who their favorite is, but um, I know what I've brought to the table. I know what I bring to the table every single night, and and what I can, what I can do out on this floor. So, um, you know, I always feel like I'm the best to ever play this game. But you know, there's so many other great ones, and I'm happy to just be a part of their uh, part of their journey. He passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and you know, this is a record that I thought was never going to be touched. Even when LeBron James was playing for the Cleveland Cavaliers the first time, even when he was with the Miami Heat said there's no way LeBron James is going to ever touch Kareem's record. Eventually, he's got to, he's got to slow down eventually, right? And here he is at 38 years old putting up the numbers that he's doing, that he's putting up. It's it's remarkable, man. And you think about it, you know, knock on wood here, not got to knock three times, but LeBron James hasn't had any really significant injury outside of the groin that kept him out for a long time his first year with the Lakers. True. But he's done such a great job taking care of his body. He puts a million dollars into his body every single year, and he's available for the most part. And he doesn't really have any significant injuries, does a great job taking care of his body. And the one thing, and I agree with J.J. Redick. I actually heard him on a podcast recently, and he they were talking about the, the flaws of LeBron James. People talk about, well, you know, he's a scorer. Okay, well, what else does he do? He's gonna. He's top five in assists right now. That's a he's, stupid he, thing to say. He's he's a top five rebounder. Scoring is not even the like the main part of his game. He is uh, one of the smartest players to ever play as far as manipulating the defense. 
And <clears throat> I don't care if you put a billion dollars into your body. The discipline it takes as to what you put in your body, the exercise, waking up and making sure that you're getting your, you're going, getting your sleep, <clears throat> you can, that, that takes a lot of will. That's not you can't buy that with money. So I give him, I mean, all the credit in the world and, you know, good for him for taking himself. You know, yeah. he said it. You want to see Justin's head spin, Maria? Okay. Is he the greatest Laker of all time? No. Yeah. See, I knew that was going to happen. Not, right? not even close. Yeah. Not even close. There's, there's people out there like in the Twitter world. They just like to cause controversy. They like to, I think they call, is it called gaslighting? Or it's Twitter. Yeah. Twitter trolling. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, uh, LeBron James now the greatest Laker of all time. Just waiting for people to lose their minds. Yeah. Right. Trying to create that conflict. Stirring the pot. Magic. Kareem. So. Anyway. You know, what I kept thinking about last night. Speaking of trolls, I kept thinking about Skip Bayless. And when LeBron James set that record, you you know Skip Bayless is having aneurysm. Oh, he put, at, at that point. He, he loved. He put a tweet out as to why he's not the greatest of all time. Of course he did. Yeah, of course he did. Because he's pathetic. <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone line, 719-1490. What do you make of LeBron James becoming the all-time leading scorer in NBA history? 719-1490 is that phone number. We got Nathan calling in. What's up, Nathan? Hey, what's going on, boys? How you doing today? Doing great. Always appreciate the phone calls. Looks like you want to talk about LeBron James. Of course, yeah. I mean, usually I call for NFL stuff, um... But I just want to say a few things. For one, no, definitely not the greatest Laker Laker ever. Like he just got there, and he hasn't done a whole lot since he got there. Just because his record happens to happen while he's got a Lakers uniform on, that doesn't mean nothing. Yep. So, as far as this going towards the goat conversation, I think he's definitely in the running in the conversation for goat. Of course, you can't argue that he's not in that conversation. But I would would say I don't know if this record plays a huge part in that. I mean, when I think of greatest of all time, I think of what single season records and stuff do you have, which he's got got a resume there too. Yeah. But a record like this, anybody who's a great scorer, if they stay in the league and stay healthy as long as he has, they've got a shot at this record. It's not an easy record, but it's it's almost more of a longevity record than it is a how great of a player are you. You do have to be good. You do have to make the points. Yeah. But if you're in the NBA for that long, you better be you better be getting some points. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know, it was cool the way he took it, though. He wasn't too prideful. A lot of people would be in the moment. And he says, you know, I think I am the greatest, of course, but I'm just happy to be here with all these guys and be sharing in it with them. Like that's, That was a good response from him. I respect that a little bit, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, he uh, lo- loves the, the, the man in the arena story. Yeah. And he – has that near and dear to his heart, and he actually felt like that last night. Uh, I was uh, uh, watching, I think it was Brian Windhorst after the game, he said he talked to LeBron afterwards, and he said that moment when he was running down the court and he actually had a tear going down his face, and like becoming a part of NBA history, becoming the all-time leading scorer with the guy sitting courtside, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar watching you, with all your friends and all your family and all the celebrities that have supported you from day one, and also laker faithful and i know that all laker fans really haven't been welcoming of lebron but to see him have that record like lakers fans pretty much loved on him and showed him like hey man you're one of us and like that was a cool moment for lebron james to have and i and i think him getting emotional uh i think was very genuine from lebron james and and that's why i was able to record is 
I, that's why I'm ex- I'm able to excuse the f bomb that he had at the end of his speech. <laughs> but as far as this making him one of the greatest Lakers ever, no, this is coincidental. He just happens to be in a Lakers uniform. He hasn't been in L.A. long enough to be in a conversation with Shaq and Kobe and those boys. I agree, Nathan. Agreed. Appreciate you, man. Thank you once again. <clears throat> you know, I, I understand what what Nathan's saying was being a longevity award, but. He, but, but those guys also like are just pure scorers. He's also top five in assists. Going to be one of the top rebounders. Like he is everything. Him. All of that is true. But it's like if it was that easy, then uh, you know, like why Kiki Vandeley, Dan Issel, I mean, guys that play in the league for twenty years. You know, this is really hard. Vince Carter. Who's the last? Think about how long he played in the NBA. Forty-one. Not even close. Here's the only thing I'll say when it comes to the greatest of all time conversation. Okay. And I think that Le- LeBron truly is, and again, what he's achieved is amazing, and the discipline he's shown to be able to play at such a high level for so many years is something to be commended. It's, it's one in a billion. Michael Jordan would not have lost that game last night. <laughs> uh, it's going to be that kind of day, huh? No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just saying that's the only that was the thought running through my head is like, LeBron, you're great. I give you all the flowers. You're one of the greatest of all times. There's no way in hell Michael Jordan's losing that game against Oklahoma City last night. Well, in the 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 vibe, oh no, no, no. He's right. And the vibe of that game last night with all the attention on one person, the Lakers home game, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Kobe's last game. Yeah. Right? It was Kobe's last hurrah. You were all watching him. What's Kobe going to do? Oh, is he going to is he going to go for 50? No, the dude goes for 60. Not only did he go for 60, but they won the game. And that's the part that made the night so special for Kobe's last game is not only did the man put up 60 and put up a lot of shots because it's Kobe's last game, but they won the game. And unfortunately, there's like Ryan Finley said that that's a little footnote to a, an incredible night by LeBron James. Yeah, but it was a LeBron James night. He scored 38 points on 18 shots, and the Lakers lost. And he had like seven assists and five rebounds, and the Lakers lost. And that's the Lakers LeBron era in a nutshell. Ever since the bubble championship. Because that season, so LeBron James in his first season, it's LeBron and the kids. It's LeBron, it's Lonzo Ball, it's uh, Brandon Ingram, it's Larry Nance Jr. and Jordan Clarkson and all these guys. And he decides, I'm going to blow it all up. I need another superstar. They go out and they get Anthony Davis. And then in the same year that Kobe passes away, they go into the bubble. And it was, I felt like the spirit of Kobe essentially like carried this Lakers team through the bubble and got them the championship. You know, Anthony Davis, when he uh, had that game winner, I think it was against the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, like he said he felt something, like there was something there regarding Kobe. And, so, and ever since the bubble championship, the Lakers have been an absolute train wreck. They lost all the camaraderie. They were 21-3 and three to start the next year. Yeah. Ever Do you think if Jay Crowder gets traded by the Suns, it'll break the curse that they've had since they mocked him? Oh, maybe. Please. I think I think that's probably what's going to have to happen. Um, but, yeah, I just – ever since the bubble championship, the LeBron-Lakers era has just been an absolute up-and-down circuit. Like, there are cool things to go along with the rest of it. Like, we saw LeBron James become the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Uh, we've seen, you know, LeBron James continue to make records. I mean, he is now top five in assists and continues to climb that ranking. Um, but the Lakers missed out on the playoffs last year, and now they're, what, the 13th seed right now? Yeah. I just – and now they're apparently in talks to 
dealing off Russell Wilson for Russell Westbrook. Russell Wilson. I said Russell Wilson. Everybody Russell in Westbrook. Denver just got excited. <laughs> <laughs> Let's ride. Uh, what are you going to give us, Lakers? Yeah. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Yeah, they're shopping around, and according to Woj, the Lakers are thinking about shopping uh, Russell Westbrook for Mike. No, Mike Conley would go to the Minnesota Timberwolves, and D'Angelo Russell will go to the Los Angeles Lakers. Interesting. And so that's that's where they're at right now. So they're celebrating LeBron James and his greatness, and then you got Rob Palenka off in the sides, like, how am I going to make this team better? Because right now, this is not a championship-caliber team. Bring in the robber baron, Van Vliet. Van Vliet, yeah. Toronto's going to make some major moves. But going back to the, the whole... You know, big night with LeBron James. I think the biggest legend outside of LeBron James during Jeannie, that night. Jeannie Buss's massage of Dwayne Wade? Not that. Okay. Uh, Phil Knight. Oh, yeah. The, the founder of Nike. Because if you look at the incredible photo of LeBron James making the fadeaway jump shot. And by the way, speaking of that photo, it is so great because you see Thomas Bryant, the backup center for the Lakers, he's posting up because he's got <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander in a mismatch down low, and he's like, I got the mismatch. Feed me the ball. He's telling LeBron James to give him the ball while LeBron James is going up for the shot. But if you look at the photo of LeBron James as he's breaking the record, you see everyone behind the hoop, and every single person has their phone out. I know. Because the recording, because it's 2023, and you got to have it on your phone. And that's just the generation that we're living in right now. And you compare it to, like, Michael Jordan's shot against the Jazz in 1998 – not a single cell phone in sight. In 2023, LeBron James is breaking the record. Everyone holding up a cell phone, except for my guy, the OG Phil Knight, sitting right next to Bronny James. And as LeBron James is going up for the shot, Phil Knight has his arms crossed and is the only one who doesn't have a cell phone out. Absolute legend. You know what? Bronny's pro- probably going to Oregon because of that. You know, I got probably <laughs> uh, with a new coach because Dana Altman's not going to survive this year. But, um, those guys in the first two rows paid at least $10,000 to sit there, and they ended up watching the point, the basket that put them over the top on a little a little picture frame on their phone. The dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And if you haven't read uh, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight about how he started Nike and how uh, the word Kobe and LeBron were very instrumental in how Nike got started and then how, what a coincidence it is that he deals with Kobe and LeBron and Jordan. The Jordan River, Kobe Japan, and LeBron. Got to read that book. If you're going to read Whoa. one book, Justin, I want you to read Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Shoe Dog. LeBron. What, what was the connection there? I'm not going to tell you, Okay, man. okay. Right, don't, but, don't want to spoil it. I like it. His travels through life took him through areas where Jor- the word Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron were very important to Nike's growth and success. Well, they certainly were. Not those guys, though. Before them. That's the coincidence. <laughs> the, the cities, yeah. the areas. That, okay, I'm going to have to look into that. That's yeah, great. Um, but, yeah, going back to the whole LeBron James, Michael Jordan conversation, I've always said Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. You know, six championships has had tremendous impact on the game. You hear David Stern talk about Michael Jordan and what he's meant to the game. He advanced the NBA tremendously around the world. Yeah, on the shoulders um, of Magic and Bird. <laughs> They helped him out, for sure. Uh, there wouldn't be an NBA without Magic and Bird. But you hear about like the, the greatest of all time conversations. And you know the you know M- Magic and Bird were chasing Dr. J, Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell. Popcorn Johnson. Pop- Popcorn Johnson. Then those guys became the standard. Yeah. 
And then you had the Bad Boy Pistons in there, too. But Magic and Larry Bird were the standard that Michael Jordan was chasing. And then he chased it and got it. And you think about, man, what could have been if he had just played basketball for those two years instead of played baseball? Maybe the Chicago Bulls went eight consecutive NBA championships. Man. And maybe that LeBron James, even with all these records and accolades, he's not even coming close. But how could you compete with Michael Jordan in the run that they had in the 1990s? Mentally and physically, LeBron is the greatest basketball player of all time. Michael Jordan is the greatest winner of all time. That's how I'm going to put it into context. But then you have Bill Russell, right? Yeah. 11 championships, so... Yeah, I'll take Mike. But Mike's 6-0 and in the NBA Finals. I'll take Mike. Like I, I said. I do. I do, too. But if Michael LeBron... Jordan would never have allowed his team to lose that game last night. That's the only thing I could think Neither of. Neither would Kobe. Yeah. I know Kobe had some bad years, but even yeah. when he had his last game and or, they were out of the playoffs, look, I love Kobe they still found a way to win. Or he would have been pouting and not shot the ball because his teammates sucked. He's like, <laughs> oh, you want them to shoot? They Her suck. Your shoot. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's good and bad. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, but, yeah, LeBron James, uh, incredible, incredible accomplishment. And I felt like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was low-key hating. No, nah, it's just the way he is. He's just a grouch. He's a curmudgeon. The guy's a grouch. Like, you get this guy, you drag him out of bed, you force you force him to sit courtside and watch a guy break his 38-year-old record. He said some nice things. He put something out on social media. If, any, if anything, Kareem is very genuine. If he does not feel a certain way, he does not fake it. Very true. And he said, LeBron James makes me love to watch basketball again. Oh, interesting. Yeah. A little bit like uh, Magic Johnson, right? Because when Magic Johnson was first came into the league, Kareem was kind of a curmudgeon. And then Magic Johnson... Revived him a little bit. Well, you want to talk about Magic Johnson. We got the whole next hour, baby. I got you. All right, let's uh, talk with Bruce Pascoe from the Arizona Daily Star because the Arizona basketball team, they got a big one against uh, Cal. Uh, not really a big one, but they're looking to keep their winning streak alive. Stay tuned. We're going to talk Arizona basketball coming up next. ESPN Tucson invites you to the 98th <laughs> annual <laughs> Tucson Rodeo Parade <laughs> on Thursday, February 23rd, starting at 9 a.m., the parade kicks off at Ajo and Park to see to see the parade route, bathroom locations, ticketed grandstands, seat availability, parking, and more. Go to ESPNTucson.com. By the way, it's Parada de Vaqueros. So Sorry. when there's a V in Spanish, it's pronounced with a B, not a V. There's no V. It's Vaqueros. Is this correct, Mireya? Let's let's ask someone who speaks Spanish. It's a Parada de los Vaqueros, so I guess a light B sound if you're not... Yeah. Too strong on your on your okay. pronunciation there. Yeah, Vaqueros. but if you say vaqueros, that's like asking for some salsa with your chips, right? True. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> or tor or tortillas. tortillas. Yeah, tor <laughs> uh, some we're not ordering salsa here. Yeah, I'm trying to help you out, bro. You, you live in the Southwest. It's vaqueros. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, the parada de los vaqueros. Yeah. Eight You're out of ten. Better. You're Seven out of ten. A few more telenovelas and you okay. got this. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, I got it. I got to practice, so I'm I'm not judging. I'm we just... go down the hallway, our colleagues. They talk so on our fast. sister stations, man. I don't even know what's going on. You know what's crazy is like, some of our Spanish broadcasters here are some of the most reserved dudes ever. Yeah. You see them in the hallway. They say hello. They're friendly. They're kind, but they're very reserved. And then the second they turn on that microphone, and just go off, it's. It's night and day, man. It's, like it's a amazing. Goal! I mean, and it's so fast and they're so energetic. There's like lightning coming out of their ears. And then they come out in the hallway and they're like, "Hey, Ellie." It's so fun. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> hey, man, how you doing? 
Good. Well, I'm good, buddy. How good. are you? Yeah. I mean, and then the funny thing is, is like I, I, I talk to them and then I'll leave and I'll see you passing by and they call you different things and then they start giggling <laughs> and you're like, hey guys, good to see you too. Ew. I can't wait to tell you what they're really saying. <laughs> I'm going to hold that one back for a while. Gordo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're still waiting on Bruce Pascoe to, uh, to join us here on ESPN Tucson. Uh, but in the meantime, Ali, Arizona basketball, they're playing against Cal tomorrow at 9 p.m. In the Bay Area. And Arizona, the last time they lost to Cal was 2014. When 2014. Brandon Ashley goes down with a broken foot injury. And Arizona finds a way, or excuse me, Cal finds a way to win in game-winning fashion. Uh, they had a was that Quanzo Martin coaching that team? No, my goodness, I think it might have been. Yeah, because yeah. during those years, that's when they were able to get Jalen Brown, yeah, and Ivan Rab for some reason. Well, because uh, you know, his mom, Ivan Rab's mom, just happened to open up a coffee shop on one of the you know most attractive and highest property uh, value corners of Berkeley. No kidding. Wonder how that happened. <laughs> but those cow teams were actually pretty solid. And Arizona, obviously, with their injury, they went down in that game. No no Brandon Ashley for the remainder of the year, and it turned out to be one of the biggest what-ifs in Arizona basketball history. But that was the last time Arizona lost to Cal in Berkeley. Yeah. Arizona has had Arizona's, or has had Cal's number ever since then. The Wildcats have won 12 straight ever since then, at, in Tucson and in Berkeley. And Arizona previously played Cal at, at McHale Center earlier this season, but that was at a point where Arizona was a pretty vulnerable team, right? They weren't playing at the level that they're playing at now. And Pella Larson was still a starter. Kirk Kreese was putting up bad shooting numbers. Um, Azulus Tubelis was solid, but he wasn't playing at the level that he's playing at right now. So when Arizona played against Cal, it was a completely different team. Arizona is a much better team. And yeah, it's uh, I think I think Arizona tomorrow should be able to take care of business in Berkeley. All right, so Arizona women's basketball this week at home, uh, the huge game at Stanford on Thursday, and then they play Cal on Saturday, right? Yeah. So if they beat, look, a uh, 100% successful weekend for Arizona women's basketball is we beat Stanford and no letdown, we take care of Cal, right? Pretty easy checklist. Sure. All right, Arizona men's basketball is playing two inferior basketball teams on Thursday at Cal, and then on Saturday in Palo Alto against Stanford. For your, for you, what is a successful weekend? Because to say that they're going to win both games, that should be a no-brainer. They, yeah. they, they, should, they should dominate both games. But to you, what are two or three things that you would see if it happened? You'd say that was a very successful weekend for Arizona men's basketball. I think that maybe tapping into their bench a little bit. You know, we saw them go up by, was it 28 points? Or how much? How, how, they beat Oregon State by 32 points, I think. Something like that. Didn't they have 38 points from the bench in that game? Yeah. yeah. And that, that was the most impactful play this season. If Arizona can find that eighth guy off the bench, whether it's Adama Ball, whether it's Dylan Anderson, if they can find that eighth guy, I can view that as a successful uh, weekend for Arizona basketball. But let's ask Bruce Pascoe, Pascoe, our insider from the Arizona Daily Star, what he thinks about Arizona and their trip this weekend. Bruce, thank you for calling. I know it's busy with travel and getting to the Bay Area, but, you know, we were just talking about this this trip. You know, Arizona, they're facing two inferior opponents, but they're going to get their best shot from Cal and Stanford. 
how do you feel about just Arizona going into this weekend and just kind of the level that they're playing at right now? Well, it's you know, I I mean, I think tomorrow at Cal is really like more of a mental challenge than anything else. Cal is really, really not doing well. They've only won three games. They've had all kinds of injuries. Their three best players are out. I mean, I, well, one of them might play, DeJuan Clayton, but um, it's just one of those games where it's just like, are you, you going to be up for this or not? Because either way, you're probably going to win. And, you know, but, but you know, if they want to be conference champions, then they need to, you know, they need to take care of everything here. And, uh, you know, and, and also I think they need to, you know, get up, get strong in this game, get build a lead so Tommy Lloyd can play a lot of reserves, which will help him develop the reserves and uh, and keep the guys rested for Saturday because Saturday should be a much tougher game at Stanford. Stanford's been pretty good lately. They, you know, for the most part have come around a lot this season. So, um you know, I, you know, it's just, I think it's just kind of turning to that point now where you're just, you know, a few weeks left to go looking at the conference race, where, where are they going to be? And, uh, you know, they, they probably need to keep winning. If they're going to keep, keep pace with UCLA, although UCLA does have, uh, you know, four road games left to play. So that's tough to, uh, you know, uh, as well. I mean, I think they're tougher, tough, a little bit tougher schedule on there, but they, they've got to keep pace. So Azuz Tabellis was named Pac-12 Player of the Week for the second week in a row. Put up 40 points last week against Oregon, 19 points against Oregon State. Ever since the turn of the calendar year, he has really elevated his play. We're putting up, or he's putting up, seven double-doubles in the last 10 games. Azuz Tabellis is playing at a high level, but of course people are talking about, does he get the proper respect nationally? Do you feel that is the case, Bruce? Oh, I think he's starting to now. I mean, he got everybody's National Player of the Week, uh, you know, on Monday and Tuesday. He got Pac-12 Player of the Week. People are starting to talk about him. You know, and, and you know, we're talking about that on our podcast too, Justin. I think, and I've been thinking about it a lot this week. I think it really goes back to, you know, arguably he wasn't, you know, uh, over the last month or so when he's really started to take off and people were still uh, sleeping on him. But I think it's literally they're literally sleeping on him. Most of the country lives in the Eastern and Central time zones. They don't watch games that start at 10 o'clock their time, and that's when Tubelas is, is going off. I mean, you know, the Oregon game was a was a late game the other night when he had the 40. Who saw that game? I don't know. And and you know, and then you can couple it with the fact that he didn't go into the season with a lot of hype. You know, he ended last season, you know, in two probably his two worst games of the year at T, against TCU and and Houston in the tournament. So there wasn't a lot of buzz about him, and so if you're gonna if you're not gonna go into the season with any buzz, you got to create it, and it's really hard to create it if you're based out here because people aren't going to see a lot of your games. It's just it's just the way it is. It's just the fact of time zones. People say East Coast bias. It's not that. It's East Coast time zone. That's you know that's what it is. It's it's a simple. It's just it's just a fact of life. And and but you know now they're paying attention to him. And certainly you know the tournament games. Everybody watches the tournament games. So at the end of the day, he'll be fine. And you know the other piece of it is the NBA guys know exactly what he's doing. And I think he's probably helping himself there. And that's you know for a player, that's usually a lot more important than whatever some East Coast people think. Yeah, you know I agree with you on the East Coast thing. Other than Seth Greenberg, but that's a whole other conversation. That guy's so petty. I, I, it's just it's a, it's obnoxious. But Bruce. This Bay Area trip, there's a lot of alumni, Arizona alumni in the Bay Area. Of course, you've got Steve Kerr uh, with the with the Golden State Warriors yeah. out there. It, usually, there's some special kind of trip or something where the team goes and visits with Kerr or the Golden State Warriors. If you know, is there anything like that planned for this team this weekend? 
No, I think the Warriors aren't at home on the uh, the days they have in between. Last year they did it because they actually had two games in between. The Warriors were at home, and they, they uh, Tommy Lloyd took them all up there, and he hung out with uh, the coaches, I guess, hung out with Steve Kerr and his staff and, and had, a, had a good time. I mean, uh, you know, as anybody can imagine who knows the personalities of Steve Kerr and Tommy Lloyd, they've actually hit it off pretty well. But that, So that that's not happening, but what is happening is the U of A Foundation is having a big uh, – sort of uh, fundraiser to do whatever you want to call it in uh, outside of the Stanford campus in Menlo Park on Friday night. And they're going to show the loot movie. Uh, Tommy Lloyd is committed to be there. Reggie Geary is going to be there. And apparently Steve Kerr uh, is going to show up as well. And, you know, and then they'll have auctions and all that stuff. But, so for any, uh, you know, Wildcat fans or alums that are in the Bay Area, um, you know, they've got two good games to go watch and then, and then the opportunity to go to this thing as well. And it's, you know, it's, it really is kind of, you know, along with L.A., really, it's kind of second home from them. They always draw well in the Bay Area. There's a lot of alums there, and they, the alums love to go out and watch them. And, you know, and I think, I think honestly, tomorrow night at Cal, there could be more U of A fans than Cal fans in that building. And I, I know either way there's going to be, you know, the, the loudest thing is probably going to be the U of A chant, and that's, that's at Cal. It's just the way it is up yeah. there. Bruce Pasco from the Arizona Daily Star joining Spears and Ali on ESPN Tucson. Make sure you follow Bruce's coverage in the Bay Area as Wildcats face Cal on Thursday and Stanford on Saturday. And you can check out his work at Tucson.com and the Wildcaster app, which you can download for free off the App Store and Google Play. Bruce, safe travels. Always appreciate you. Talk soon, my friend. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. ESPN Tucson is giving you half-price Friday deals. Starting on Friday, you can go to ESPNTucson.com and click the half-price Friday deals link to purchase $50 in Coffee Exchange Bistro gift certificates for just $25. Coffee Exchange Bistro, it's a great place to gather. They also have great drinks like hot and iced coffees, lattes, teas, smoothies, and other drinks. Plus, they have breakfast food, sandwiches, burgers, and wraps. And if you want all the details on this half-price Friday link, go to ESPNTucson.com. Stay tuned. More Spears and Ali coming up next. Text ESPN Tucson to 95938 to join the ESPN Tucson Mobile Club. You'll get updates from us about deals, contests, events, and alerts you absolutely need to know about. Message data rates may apply. So, Ali, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. And he said that he's going to do whatever he can to get through this week. Because I know this week is hard for him. I think he's playing golf somewhere. I know he was just at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He won. And he won, right? And got called out for being a cheater. <laughs> by, said, by Josh Allen? Or? He said he was a sandbagger with the handicap that he gave. Oh. And some people are not happy with Aaron Rodgers. But what else is new? Wow. Yeah. Has he become the most disliked, like just the most unlikable athlete? And what's crazy is... A few years ago, in the State Farm commercials, yeah. he seemed like a very likable dude. Yeah. So and he, then, so he has. So yes, you're right. Is there anybody more I think widely unliked more than Aaron Rodgers right now? Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I talked to a Denver fan this weekend, and there's still some delusional thinking going on. So we're not quite there yet. Well, they're feeling good about themselves because of the the defensive coordinator they just hired. Oh my goodness. Who's their new defensive coordinator? Uh, it, it's not Brian Flores, or is it? No, Brian Flores became the new defensive coordinator of the Vikings. Vikings. Yeah, so I, I don't remember. Uh, but yeah, the Sean Payton, either you love it or you hate it. I mean, they gave up a lot for him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, why don't you tell the people, after Aaron Rodgers is able to get through this weekend and how emotionally difficult it's going to be because he's not in that game, 
which he's not been in for every year of his career except for one. Tell him what he's doing after that. So he's got to get through this week. Yeah. Got to whatever he's got going on. And by the way, when he was on the Pat McAfee show, he looked pretty rough. He looked like he had been sleeping and just rolled out of bed. Hair looked all messed up. Anyways, he was saying that he's going on this four-day darkness retreats yeah or he's just gonna it's isolation uh, isolation yeah he's gonna close all the the blinds oh no this that you pay for this they put you in a little cabin it's completely blacked out and dark you have no interaction with any human being uh they give you food i'm i'm guessing there may be some hallucinogens involved and you basically are whatever it is and ayahuasca uh, you sit there and you just contemplate and meditate for four days straight monks have done this who else have done this in, in years past? Uh, Batman in the second Dark Knight movie, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't by choice. So he's going to go to a cabin. See, I thought he was just at his house. No. I thought he was like, I'm just going to close all the blinds, and I'm not going to come outside for four days. He's actually going to go somewhere, be in a cabin. They're going to lock him up. Yeah. And they're going to feed him all this food. Like, is it? I don't mind this all this food. You get your meals. Your only interaction with a human being is when they bring you your meals. But otherwise, you it's a complete, like, isolation therapy. And, you know, I don't know. I'm not judging it one way or another except for, I mean, this group that puts it on, they get paid tens of thousands of dollars to give you food and basically nothing else. So whoever thought that was a good business plan, good on them. I, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a weird dude, man. I don't know what to tell you. So we have this. You can tap out, though. If you want to leave, you can leave. Okay. They don't. They don't entrap you. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the type of guy where he's gonna do lie it. about being there for four days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tap out after an hour. Four hours. Yeah. yeah. I can't yeah. do this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He, he'll do it, and he will hallucinate, and he'll come out with like this sense that he has found this higher level of consciousness. My third eye is open. Yeah. Exactly. Is yeah. he? Is he the Kyrie Irving of the NFL? No, because he's never quit on his team. Well, Kyrie Irving, he's according to him, I left them in fourth place, did everything I could. Like I said. Uh, okay, I, I, I see what you mean. You can't be unfair to Aaron Rodgers, even though he's maybe very unlikable. He's never quit on his team. Yeah. Right? Kyrie Irving played ten games with James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant, and he's played in half the games, roughly 55% of the games with Brooklyn. 74 games with Kevin Durant. Yeah. In four years. Yeah. Uh, There's but, 81 games in a season, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to oh, 82 games. 82 games. It's just it, regular season. You just got Kobe on your mind. That's yeah, why. regular 81. season. Yeah, 81. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Jalen. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're just talking about Jalen Rose. Sorry, Jalen. <laughs> but we were uh, go, just talking about, obviously, Aaron Rodgers and how he's become this unlikable figure. What, what, what's his deal over the last couple of years? Is it... Midlife crisis? Is it narcissism? Narcissism? Yes. I, I, I'm not really sure where his mind's at right now, but he's starting to become a little bit like his mentor. You know, it's like year after year, every off season now, it's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers had a pretty solid year. What's his future hold? He's over here actually saying, I, I really don't know what my future holds. And when I go on this four day hideout, I'm gonna come out from it, and I'm gonna have 
a clear mind, and I'm going to have a better understanding on what I want to do in the future. And the Green Bay Packers are like, dude, you were complaining last year we gave you this great contract. We're throwing a bunch of money at you, and now here you are under contract with us wondering what you're going to be doing and publicly talking about it. How about rather than going on Pat McAfee, how about you have conversations with us about your future? Right. And well, he's going to pay. He's going to pay all this money and uh, delay the inevitable. He's going to do exactly what his uh, predecessor did. He'll Ma- be a New York Jet. Brett Favre, baby. New York Jet. New York Jet. New York Jet. What do you think about Derek? Uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Uh, the Saints getting permission to talk to him. So I, I appreciate the fact that the the Raiders are they're going to trade him, but they're allowing Derek Carr. They're giving him the grace to go and travel and meet with all these teams? Well, it, I mean, again, he's got a no-trade clause cause, so he could hold him hostage. In fact, he has because if he would have gotten hurt of the Pro Bowl, they would have owed him all $40 million guaranteed. Ah, oh, man, I would have. And they asked him if they could delay that, that time when that, that guarantee goes into place after the Pro Bowl, and Derek Carr said, nope. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. See, I would have did the whole, ooh, my back. No. Ah, I'm hurt. Forty mil guaranteed. It definitely would have been funny. Uh, <laughs> but, so, so he's got a no trade clause. So the Raiders aren't showing any grace. This is they're letting him talk to teams because he's going to ultimately have to approve any trade. And he's choosing. This is he's essentially a free agent, right? Yeah. Well, no, he's under contract. He's under contract, but you're not going to New Orleans thinking, ah, this is just another team. Whatever. No, you want to go play for New Orleans if you're visiting them. He's going to say he's are, he's like a recruit. These it's are like the college teams recruit all that over I would again. think about giving you my permission to waive the no trade clause. So yeah, New Orleans, huh? New Orleans is one. I mean, the Jets will be another. The Washington Sea Words will be a third, and then you know, Indianapolis Colts. And speaking of the Indianapolis Colts, the two worst owners in the NFL. Who is who doesn't have a head coach? Who doesn't? This, the Cardinals and Colts and the Colts. Both owned by Jim Irsay and Michael Bidwell. You think that's a coincidence or not? I don't think so. And I think that it, there's a there's a lot of truth to the uh, to the rumors out there. A lot of head coaches don't want to coach Kyler Murray. I mean, the fact that the Cardinals don't have a coach at this at this juncture of the offseason, yeah. and the list is getting shorter and shorter. Like you have guys they're interviewing that are taking defensive coordinator gigs. Brian right. Flores is like, I, I know I interviewed three times. But I'm going to take this Vikings defensive coordinator job rather than Coach Kyler Murray. It's going to be Vance Joseph. It's going to end up being Vance Joseph. And they're going to have no choice. And you're going to be like the 10th choice. I, I think that Mike Kafka guy from the Giants, I think he might get the job. Hmm. All right, if you want to call into the show, 719-1490 is that phone number, 719-1490. Plus, we have FC Tucson Desert Showcase tickets to give out. Wasn't Kafka the one that came up with the uh, ends justify the means? No, that was Emmanuel Kant. Kaf- Kafka was the one with the dung beetle. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, we're closing out number two. Coming up next. All right, it is giveaway time. We have one pair of tickets to go see the 13th annual Desert Showcase preseason MLS soccer at Kino North Stadium. This is all presented by FC Tucson. Once again, spring training soccer coming to Tucson, Arizona. And we have a pair of tickets to go see uh, Chicago Fire FC versus Sacramento FC. That game is actually in like an hour tonight at Kino North Stadium. But in case you can't make it to that game tonight, there are games this Saturday. You have Chicago Fire FC taking on the Colorado Switchbacks at 3 p.m. And then later on, you have Real Salt Lake taking on Sacramento FC at 6 p.m. And that's this Saturday on the 11th. And then next Saturday, 
you have Real Salt Lake taking on Chicago Fire FC at 11 a.m. at Keenan North Stadium. So if you want to go see some MLS soccer in good Tucson, soccer, it's a really good soccer. Good football. Football. Good football. So call in at 719-1490, 719-1490. Caller number one will get a pair of tickets. And in hour number three, we're going to hear from Brody Dryden. He'll be stopping by in studio. We'll talk some basketball with him. The latest with uh, Arizona basketball, and we'll also talk about LeBron James and some other NBA uh, headlines going around. And then at 525, Adia Barnes, Arizona women's basketball head coach, uh, will be joining us to talk about Arizona and their upcoming matchup against Stanford at McHale Center. And then Saul Bookman will also be joining us at 540 to talk about what's going on up in Phoenix, including Super Bowl 57 and Waste Management Phoenix Open. Yeah. The practice round started today. Today was the Pro-Am, right? Was it the Pro-Am? I saw uh, J.R. Smith was out there. Yeah, uh, J.J. Watt was out there. Yeah. And uh, Zaven Collins, the linebacker, was his uh, caddy. And they still don't have a coach. (laughs) Pathetic. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I don't know about the whole Arizona Cardinals coaching search. And it's it's crazy that Kyla Murray, an interesting talent like him, is the reason why they're not getting anyone. Well, I mean, you have to think that's the big reason why, right? Because everyone that's the the main reason why a lot of people get into coaching is because they want to be a head coach somewhere. And when you're the head coach at the highest level, you've reached the pinnacle. And Brian Flores and all these other defensive coordinators and other coordinators while they all want to become head coaches and they've interviewed multiple times, it seems like they have shown no interest in the Cardinals head coaching search because I feel like they've offered a lot of these guys and they're all turning it down. And what's the main reason? If you look at the obvious, it's either bad ownership and Kyler Murray or both. Yeah. I mean, it could be a combination, right? And, uh, well, you think it could be the, uh, they're going to go after the Giants OC, uh, Kafka. Yeah. The, the Czech novelist. I think he wrote the metamorphosis, like turned into a dung beetle. <laughs> but, um, I, uh, they haven't interviewed him. I mean, they've literally interviewed, what, almost eight, eight different uh, potential candidates. And some of those candidates, like you said, have taken coordinator positions instead of waiting to see if they got the head coaching job. Yeah. So I don't know their general manager, their new one, uh, Osendorf. Uh, Osenfort. Osenfort. Yeah. Osenfort. Osenfort. Monty uh, Osenfort. Monty is. Uh, or Osenfort, if you want to be that guy, like scenario, scenario. Yeah, whatever. I mean. I wonder if if he is getting the the true keys to the to the to the car and letting being allowed to drive and being able to do his job because right now it seems like Michael Bidwell is running the search and it's not turning out well and that shouldn't be the case no even if you're the new guy you shouldn't have to have the owner doing your job for you Vance so. Joseph their defensive coordinator Vance will be the Joseph head coach. Well, that's where it's going. Man, lots of things going on in Phoenix. We got the Waste Management Phoenix Open. We also have Super Bowl 57. We got the Phoenix Suns announcing Matt Ishbia as their new owner. Cardinals head coaching search. Lots going on in Phoenix. And uh, we're going to talk the latest in Arizona sports with our guy Brody Dryden coming up next year on ESPN Tucson.